2: This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
3: NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. There is no off-season. Welcome to yet another day of NFL Now on NFL Network from our newsroom in Los Angeles. That's Steve Weich. I'm Andrew Siciliano. In honor of the Met Gala last night, for the record, before anyone asks, I'm wearing suit supply, Steve, Carlo Barbera? Carlo Barbera, yes. Nice Italian cut. I'm long torso, and I have to wear Italian cut suits. Okay. We didn't dress like a cat. Nothing over the top, but... Just wanted to get it out of the way. What it is we are wearing, whatever it is you're wearing. Thank you for watching today. Let's get the news out of the way because today is deadline day. Today is the day that teams have to pick up the fifth-year option for the 2020 first-round picks. That class, a class that includes Jordan Love. Brian Gudikun says it's a lot of money—20 million—to pay a quarterback that hasn't done anything, only started one game. How about we meet in the middle? And that evidently is what the Packers have done. Tom Pelissero, instead of guaranteeing him that 20 million for 2024, they found some middle ground here, where in essence, if Jordan Love plays well, everyone's a winner. That's right, Andrew. This is really a
4: win-win type of a deal for Jordan Love, who gets that one-year 13.5 million dollar guaranteed extension that can be worth up to $22.5 million with incentives. Now, had Love simply had his option exercised, he would have made about $2.3 million this year and a little over $20 million in 2024. That 20 plus million would have been fully guaranteed, but Love would not have made any of it this season. So what they did was they gave him more cash in 2023. He'll make over four times as much as he would have had he played out the fourth year on his rookie contract for the Packers. They get some cost control here in terms of not having the base value of the number in 2024 be up at the number that the fifth-year option would have been here. The best-case scenario for everyone is that the 2024 year ends up being meaningless, Andrew, and all they did was give Jordan Love a raise before they negotiate a fat new extension
3: because he plays so well heading into next season. Right, and it means he's not playing this year for just over $2 million, which would be underpaid by starting quarterback standards. It's one of those odd, well, That makes sense. That's a really fair deal for both sides, kind of situations. Love was the 26th pick. Andrew Thomas was the 4th overall pick. His number on the option, Tom, is 14 million at tackle. And Andrew, the
4: going rate for top offensive linemen, top tackles, is well over $20 million per year. So one of those no-brainer types of situations for the Giants on Andrew Thomas, who's started 44 games over his three seasons, has never missed a game because of injury, and has played every single snap in all but two of those games over those first three seasons here. Obviously, they invested heavily in Daniel Jones, their quarterback, earlier this offseason. They need to keep him protected. Andrew Thomas, a big part of that. He would certainly Anticipate that Joe Shane and company are gonna want to get a long-term deal done at some point with Andrew Thomas. But they got Saquon Barkley, they're still working through here as he's on the franchise tag. They got Dexter Lawrence, who they would like to get an extension done with as well. Andrew Thomas's time will come, but by op- exercising the option, they've got him under contract to the team for at least the next two seasons.
3: All right, let's move to a veteran. Let's move to DeAndre Hopkins. Romani Austin Ford, the new Cardinals GM, made it clear last week he did not expect a Hopkins trade during the draft. That did not happen. Yesterday, Hopkins was on his Instagram and it appeared as if he was at least in Arizona, but maybe even in the building, saying, Who said I wanted to get out of here? Um, What's the latest there? Andrew, what we know at this point is that the Arizona Cardinals certainly have had
4: conversations about trading DeAndre Hopkins, but it's a complicated deal. A little bit older player who has battled injuries and has a big number on the books for 2023 you of course have looked around the league and seen other receivers let's talk about Odell Beckham Jr getting 15 million dollars guaranteed on his one-year deal with the Ravens if you're DeAndre Hopkins who does not have an agent but has some financial advisors you're looking at that and saying why am I gonna play for anything less than what I'm due, which is 17 million dollars and change in 2023 that complicates a trade it is certainly possible that Arizona could work out a deal. And it bears mentioning here, Andrew, look at what Monty Ossinfort did during the draft. There was a big eye cast toward 2024. In that initial trade down with the Texans, he picked up a first round pick and a third round pick in next year's draft. The Cardinals also made another trade later in the draft that netted them yet another 2024 third round pick. So, to the extent that some teams, if this were a different team or a different year, might go, hey, we need those picks in the 2023 draft. For Arizona, it's fairly apparent this is a big-picture type of a rebuild here. And so moving DeAndre Hopkins sometime between now and the start of training camp certainly is not the question and would give him even more draft capital in next year's
3: draft. Yeah, and, and the, the OBJ contract, it's it's great to mention that. You can't forget that because no one thought he was going to get $15 million. Nobody. But then he did. And then to your point, if you're DeAndre Hopkins saying, well, then why should I take Pekka? That guy barely has played the last two years. All right, let's move on to the, uh, to the rookie class from, from, from this past weekend. 259 players were drafted, Tom. We now, drumroll please, have the first of the 259 to sign a contract. This
4: is always an interesting moment, Andrew, as the first one of the basically pre-negotiated contracts gets done. Remember, since 2011, all these have been slotted types of deals. There are various things in terms of cash flow, bonuses, offset language, etc., that can slow down certain negotiations. And certainly if you don't have movement or somebody signs over slot, which happened with some teams last year, then that can slow things down. But No fear from the Panthers here. They move quickly to get Jamie Robinson done. Again, all these are slotted types of deals. Everything is in the rookie pool the teams are allowed to spend here. So I would anticipate if you got one done, the Panthers might be the ones trying to be the first ones done with their entire rookie class, which of course begins with that number one overall pick, Bryce Young.
3: Right, who will wear number nine. The Panthers made that announcement today. Bryce Young, jersey nine. Matt Corral switches from nine to two for those scoring at home. Tom Pelissero, thank you, sir. Our NFL
5: Kansas City, are you ready? All right, all right, all
6: right. Bryce Young, welcome to the National Football League. Bryce Young,
0: CJ Stroud, Will Anderson, Anderson Jr., Houston Texans aren't messing around, guys. I love it.
5: Jets, Jets, Jets. Hut!
0: hot, hot, hot. Guess what, Jordan
7: Love? We got some more help for you. Did I say something?
0: He went through the first night
8: did not get drafted who are the titans coming up to get just truly a moment of
5: suspense right now the tennessee titans select will levis last night was long his night tonight quite short we got the power yeah turn me up louder yeah we got the power yeah,
3: light up the sky in the night We came, we ready to fight Yeah, light up
2: the
5: towers uh, We got the power Let's go! That is a plot twist. DJ got, just got DJ beat on. DJ just got destroyed. <laughs> he is a game changer. He's a field changer. we well, remember this moment. You know what I'm saying?
3: Always remember the draft because it obviously has an effect on the coming season. There are a few guarantees in life. Death taxes, those things. Also, a team going worst to first. It basically happens every single year. Matter of fact, the Jaguars had the number one overall pick in consecutive years, and last year they won a playoff game. So, because it is the offseason, and because this is what we do post-draft, Lance Airlines, Steve White, we sit here and say, who's going to go worst to first this year? But Lance, I- I'm going to give you a little bit of leeway here. I'm going to make it a two-year proposition. Okay. okay. So teams, count them down here, give me your first one, that could go worst to first in the next two years.
7: Well, I think the Houston Texans are one team that you look at, and you start with the division, right, because – the division is not a strong division other than the Jaguars. But the Jaguars still have some questions. I mean, they had a nice run, but we've seen teams take a spike and then go back down. We saw when Drew Brees first joined the Saints, then there was a little bit of a climb. And then, you know, he climbed back up and the Saints obviously climbed back up. So you've added the energy and the juice from D- D'Amico Ryan. You've added a quarterback, C.J. Stroud, who I think is a very good fit in that offense. A pass rusher with great football temperament and character and leadership and will Anderson. I think the Texans could be a team to keep your eye on as they have, they still have a good first round pick next year from Cleveland coming. They still have additional draft capital and they've got money to spend in the offseason. I think the Texans are a team to keep your eye on.
8: I really like this. I really like the Texans in the situation in part because you do look at the, at the, other, the rest of the division, right? Jacksonville, you mentioned it in 17, they were in the AFC championship and didn't go back to the playoff since. Plus that's when they're going to have to be spending their money to pay Trevor Lawrence. So we'll see what other key players may have to leave that roster. And then Tennessee's probably going to be making a quarterback switch, if not this season, after next season, so they could be breaking in a new quarterback. And the Colts, they could be a team right there with the Texans competing for that spot uh, for number two for the purpose of this exercise. We're talking worst to first.
3: Okay, worst to first. What about a team in Chicago, Lance? Because a lot of people, I know you're one of them, like what Ryan Poles and the Bears did last week.
7: I really do, and it's not just about last week. It's about this entire offseason. They added Tremaine Edmonds in the middle of that defense, give him some speed. And now you've added two defensive tackles in the draft with Dexter and Pickens. You go get Tyreek Stevenson, a cornerback, which is a position you need. Darnell Wright, the big bully at right tackle. And I think growth from the quarterback position is just something that typically happens. And I think we're going to see a better passing attack and a more confident passer. Uh, with Justin Fields and it certainly doesn't hurt that Ryan Poles as part of his trade back from one to nine ended up adding DJ Moore a legitimate wide receiver one candidate and let's not forget the draft capital that the Chicago Bears have over the next year to two years is really substantial so Aaron Rodgers out of the division Kirk Cousins has a year left left on the contract I think you can see a potential ascension and maybe a faster ascension that people are ready for in Chicago
8: uh, you know Lance I, I agree with you there's going to be an ascension But the Detroit Lions are the team, to me, they're not in last place, but that's going to be the team to knock off. I think they could be the team to beat the NFC North this year and for years coming. And I look at their draft and all the talent they accrued, even though all the controversy, seeming of where they picked that talent and what order, value, whatever, that to me is a team on the rise, and that's the team that could stop the Bears reaching that first-place mark.
3: Okay, so we have two teams here that are in the top ten in the draft, two teams that are obvious, hey, yeah, maybe they have a good long-term future here. This other one, Lance, that you have that you think can go worse to first in the next two years is a bit different. This is a team that won seven games last year.
7: Yeah, and it's the division they're in, you know, the Steelers, the Ravens the Bengals. So obviously they're in a very competitive division. But I think the Cleveland Browns are going to take that move up. Now obviously this year I like the picks they made. They didn't have as much draft capital, but they added set Ced- they added Cedric Tillman, who I think is just a highly underrated wide receiver prospect, a big physical ball winner, and that's something that I think Deshaun Watson's going to love since he loved that when he had DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. I think we're going to see a better version of Deshaun Watson. I like the fact that they added a couple big men and Dwan Jones at right tackle and Siaki Ika, the defensive tackle from Baylor. So when you really start to add the fact that you're getting what should be a much better version of, of Deshaun Watson and you look at the additions that they have of specifically Cedric Tillman. A running game that I think is going to be good I think the I think the the Cleveland Browns technically they were worst but I think they're going to be a major factor in the division obviously the Bengals are the big boys but keep your eye on the Browns this year
8: yeah and of these three teams we're talking about I think the Browns are the team that can make that move the quickest you know because some of the pieces they already have in place namely the quarterback they make a change at defensive coordinator that's where some of the games broke down on them last year so we'll see if that changes things but Cleveland's a team I don't think we're talking about enough. I'm sure we have all summer to do to see who could be the team that threatens the Bengals in the NFC North. And I think Cleveland's going to be right there. I really agree with this. And, again, I think they,
3: this could happen quicker than two years. Oh, and it does happen, as we mentioned, every single year. There is a team that goes worst to first, so those are your early candidates. Thank you, Lance Erline. Let's continue and talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. Not the 19th pick, but just how much our hearts hurt collectively today for that man. Shaq Barrett, who and his wife, Jordana, lost their two-year-old daughter this past weekend. It happened Sunday morning when little Ariah, who just turned two, just had a birthday, drowned in the family pool, drowned in the backyard pool. Statement from the Buccaneers on Sunday. Our thoughts and prayers are with Shaq, Jordana, and the entire Barrett family during this unimaginably difficult time. Well no words can provide true comfort at a time such as this, we offer our support and love as they begin to process this very profound loss of their beloved Ariah. Sarah Walsh with us now. Sarah, like, like I said, she just turned two. Like the, the photos on, on Shaq's Instagram of this little girl at her birthday a couple of weeks ago. It, it is just heartbreaking.
2: There's no other way to describe it. And I can tell you from this community in Tampa, when this news came out, people are horrified. They're heartbroken. And that doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of what the Barrett family is feeling. What I can tell you is if you ask anyone in that Buccaneers building to describe Shaq Barrett, He's described as a family man, and that's not something that's being thrown around because of what happened this week. You talked about his Instagram. You can look at that Instagram. It is littered with pictures of nothing but his family. The last thing he posted, and you touched on this, was a tribute to his daughter who passed away on Sunday. People are in shock. Uh, there's just no way to explain it. And you don't have to be an NFL fan. You don't have to be a Buccaneers fan. There's not a parent that took their kid to school on Monday morning and, and wasn't talking about what happened here because it really touches people on a different level. Of course, we have not understandably heard from Shaq or his wife. They haven't said anything. The Buccaneers put out that statement. This is someone that moved here in 2019 when he signed with the Buccaneers and embraced being part of the Tampa Bay community. And that first year here, he had 19 and a half. Sacks. The family moved here. They had four children. Ariah was born just a couple of months after he won that Super Bowl. This is really tough on all levels. It obviously supersedes football. Shaq is regularly seen around that facility in the offseason. He was working his way back from a torn Achilles, suffered last football season. And he's also known for being just this positive force on the defense. Even when he got hurt, he had a smile on his face when you saw him in the building. He immediately posted, I'm not in pain. I'm coming back. And this is just something that there is nothing that can prepare you for dealing with something like this. I even thought about in the last couple of days, how to even come on TV and talk about it. And what are the right things to say? And there are no right things because there is nothing right now that is going to make this any more understandable to anyone that learns about this story. So I would just say that collectively as someone that lives in the Tampa Bay area and and is in this community, if, if this community could wrap their arms around Shaq Barrett and his family, they would do that right now. And And it
3: had, and it has since day one, since, as you said, since he moved from Denver there with his family, our condolences from all of us here at NFL Network and the NFL Media Group as well to Shaq Barrett, his wife, Jordana, and their beautiful family. Thank you, Sarah Walsh. There, live in Tampa. NFL Now continues.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring –
5: 2023 NFL Draft: The Carolina Panthers select Bryce Young. He's heating up. Bryce Young threads a needle. What a strike! The Houston Texans select C.J. Stroud. Quarterback, for Ohio State touchdown, 31 yards. C.J. Stroud. The Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts select
9: Anthony Richardson. Richardson, and the Gator touchdown. The Tennessee Titans select Will Levis. Quarterback. Levis fires, throws
1: a dart. Your teammates don't care where you were drafted, whether it was a first or second round. They care if you can come in
0: and help them win football games.
8: The Detroit Lions select Hendon Hooker, yeah. quarterback, Tennessee.
4: There's the throw. There's the touchdown, Tennessee. Hooker is back.
3: They went the second round. Many thought they might go in the first, and then the board falls the way it falls. And now Will Levis is a Titan, and Hendon Hooker is a Lion. They are second round picks where neither is being asked to start immediately week one in 2023. Which guy is in the better situation? How about the path to the draft through? rest like the second to last day of school.
1: Hey, what's up, friends? Path to the draft now. Taking a look in the rearview mirror, Rhett Lewis, Bucky Brooks, as the dust is settling on the 259 selections in the 2023 NFL Draft, 14 of which... Ended up as quarterbacks, three on day one, two intriguing selections on day two. And that's where we begin. Which quarterback on day two? You had Will Levis going in the second round of the Titans, Hooker going in the third round of the Detroit Lions. Do you think ended up in a better situation, Buck?
6: Oh, Will Evans ends up in a better situation. The situation is great for him because he has an opportunity to really be the longtime starter in Tennessee. You think about what they did to move up to get him at the top of the second round. And now he steps into a situation where he has a two-time rushing champion, Derrick Henry, behind him. Physical running game will set up play-action passes when you look at his game. His game is not necessarily about accuracy and picking you apart. It's about big-time plays as an athlete with supreme arm talent. Well, now that you're running the ball with a downhill running game, playmakers on the outside, this should serve Will Levis well. He should be able to grow into that, that role as a start.
1: Yeah, it went and helped him out a little bit maybe yes. down the line. Peter Skaranski yes. comes over, and then you get, of course, Tajay Spears, and you get the tight end, and Wiley as well. A lot to like there about the Titans in their pick of Will Levis. But I think that Hendon Hooker is oh. set up in a better situation to succeed. Jared Goff is there, will be the starter this year. Hendon Hooker with the knee injury will have plenty of time to get that thing right, to get accustomed to life and football in Detroit. And then we can talk about the potential of becoming the face of the franchise. And when we do, he'll be staring at guys like Amonra St. Brown. Guys like Jameer Gibbs, uh, who were brought in this year ahead of him to continue to help support that offensive structure uh, with the Lions. I think there's a lot to like about Inden Hooker on a team that is ascending, a culture uh, that is ready for a player that is as mature as he is. And is ready to be a face of the franchise when called upon. I really like Hindenhooker Hooker ending up there in Detroit. So those two quarterbacks end up in pretty good spots there in day two. It's just great to have the quarterbacks back <laughs> part of the conversation early in the draft. Three in the first four, and common draft error record. Eleven in the first 150. So fun weekend for the quarterbacks. Be sure to join us Tuesday and Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Eastern time, as we continue looking back on the 2023 NFL Draft. With the 31st pick of the
7: 2023 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Felix
5: Anujike Uzama. The Kansas City Chiefs select Rashie Rice, wide receiver, SMU. With the
8: 92nd pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Juanye Morris, tackle from Oklahoma.
3: Yeah, they had a party in Kansas City, not just the draft, but they liked who they picked as well. A hometown draft here for the defending champions, Steve Weich and Jeff Gidia. With me from KC, where all the eyes and the focus have been on FAU at 31. What are they saying about Rasheed Rice here and what he gives Patrick
6: Mahomes in that on? Well, they love Rasheed Rice, Andrew, because when you talk about a team that just lost Juju Smith-Schuster, their really true possession wide receiver, they wanted to find somebody who could fit into that role and certainly takes receivers a little bit of time to pick up Andy Reid's offense. But this kid looks like he could be special for them. He's, He's great after the catch. He's a great contested catch guy really good size, not the greatest speed in the world, but again, they wanted somebody who could move the chains and be that kind of player who could fit in with the Sky Moors, the Kadarius Tonys, people like that. So, Brett Beach, the general manager, said he feels like this guy when the ball gets in his hands, he's like a running back. And Steve, you know, the guy throwing the passes, all he has to do is get the ball to these guys and they can make plays for him.
8: Yeah, absolutely. That's how Andy Reid's offense works. But, Jeff, the one thing we saw again with the Chiefs is they tagged defense hard for the second straight year in the draft, getting two edge guys, getting two secondary guys. I mean, this is where they went the year before. So, you know, they're developing guys to fill in for players who might not be there the following year. And also they understand these are two positions, especially the fact that they went back to the cornerback well after doing it last season and the edge, the edge well. They know what division that they play in and the quarterbacks that they're going to be playing against. You've got to have a surplus of edge rushers, and you've got to have a surplus of defensive backs to roll through because you're going to be facing Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert in that division. Now Jimmy Garoppolo. So again, they've got an eye on keeping things in winning ways, but also stacking that defense through the draft in the secondary so they can continue to build and roll knowing the quarterbacks are going to be facing
3: for year. All right, those are the Chiefs. How about now their nemesis in the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals? Their draft class has a theme here. It's a defensive run early and then an offensive run in the middle. You go Miles Murphy, D.J. Turner, and Jordan Battle, the Alabama DB, and now Charlie Jones and Chase Brown, one of the Brown twins from Illinois, and Andre Yoshivas, the Princeton wide receiver. Shadiyah, what stands out to you
6: here? I love the day three picks there, especially Charlie Jones at four and Chase Brown at five because it speaks to how much this franchise has grown and the luxury they have on draft day now because they can go out and get players that can fill roles immediately. Or they can fill roles that will be available down the road. And with Charlie Jones, you have a receiver there who was, was really dynamic in the Big Ten last year. Great, great catch in the football. I mean, this guy really dropped anything, and he could be the kind of guy who replaces a Tyler Boyd when Boyd's contract is up next year as a slot guy. And then Chase Brown, you see here, uh, second in the league in the, in the country in rushing. Uh, Zach Taylor, the head coach, talked about how he really fits into what they want to do there. A guy who's got great vision, great balance, great pass blocker, great great pass catcher. Steve, they got a lot of guys here who can do a lot of things for a team that's already pretty good. Uh, absolutely. You know, look, I,
8: I love the fact that Uh, They go with D.J. Turner at corner, right? His former teammates already on the field at safety, who they drafted last year, Dax Hill, who's going to take over for Jesse Bates. So now there's some familiarity. They know they've got some good starters in those positions, but again, they can start grooming these guys to be rotational players and to add this speed, right, that they're getting at someone like Turner. That's going to help knowing the receivers that they're going to have to face coming along the way. Odell Beckham Jr., knock-knock, he's in that division this season. So there's some players there, and they continued – To add to the secondary, Jordan Battle, safety out of Alabama. This is a heck of a player. And again, they're looking at some of the players that they have on the roster, who they could be replacing in future years. And to add someone like him, who could come in and play a lot of different roles, he can be your heavy nickel. He can play in the safety, a rotational player who's also going to be willing to play in the kicking game. They've done a fantastic job of stocking their roster in the draft, knowing they've got some big contracts. Joey Burrow, Jamar Chase, some guys are going to have to pay. So to get this many talented players on rookie deals, that's huge. That's great thinking by Duke Tobin and that staff at
3: Cincinnati. And they do that with T. Higgins still on the payroll and Joe Mixon still on the payroll. And Zach Taylor said after the draft they want Joe Mixon there, but that is a very big number for him. Similar situation. Thank you, Steve White. Thank you,
0: Jeff Chenea. You go into your shower feeling tired. Offer valid on select AK systems, that's through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: Everybody remembers the draft. Because then we go back for years and try to figure out who did right and who did wrong. And now we can do that right now, only three days with the draft in the rearview. Mayor Trevor Sickema joins us from PFF. Trevor, great to have you on as always. Let's look at the Cardinals draft. Paris Johnson will go down as their first round pick this season. But what Monty Austin Ford did is much bigger than just taking an O-lineman from Ohio State.
9: No, there's no doubt about it. It's a new era in Arizona. I absolutely loved what Austin Ford was able to do in his first draft as general manager. I mean, first and foremost, pretty sure they would have picked Paris Johnson at number three overall. And instead, he's not afraid to move back, then move up again. And at the end of the day, he gets the player he would have selected at three. Three spots lower, and has an extra first-rounder and third-rounder next year. Now they got two first-rounders in 2024, a second-rounder, and three third-rounders. That is huge for a draft class that has a ton of promise. Of course, Paris just helps them in general this is the 30th ranked offensive line according to pff grades last year so you get a really talented young offensive lineman in there who you're hoping can you can have for at least the next half decade for for the arizona to get to that winning window once again we know it's going to be a while but he's a really good cornerstone piece and so are the other three guys that they drafted right after that too i think they could they could have four starters from the first four picks they made in this past draft. It was a fantastic call for Osenford in his first draft.
3: Yep, and then you're sitting there next year with even more draft capital, and I'm not saying it's a lock. They have two top five picks next year. It could be 10 and 20. Who knows? But they have two first-round picks next season to continue to build. Let's talk about the Giants' first-round pick a couple of days ago here, Trevor. Why do you think Deontay Banks is such a good
9: fit there for Wink Martindale? this is this is not just a good fit this is a perfect fit I love Deontay Banks because of the type of corner he is in man coverage he has the athletic ability the body type and the play style to say all right we're gonna point this wide receiver out you go cover him and you make sure he doesn't catch any passes that is what Deontay Banks is and that's how the Giants play Don wig Martindale he called cover zero and cover one those man coverage concepts more than any team in the NFL last year as accumulation those two those two personnel groupings, and that's the exact kind of corner he is. That's the guy that they needed. If they want to get aggressive up front, the linebacker level, and at the line of scrimmage, you have to have the corners to be able to match up in man coverage. They just got another good one, and this was a perfect fit for me. I love this selection.
3: Brandon Beaton said yesterday on the radio on SiriusXM that they didn't want to lose Dalton Kincaid. I mean, that's why they flipped the four and moved up to get him. How does he change what Josh Allen is doing?
9: Yeah, I didn't even know if Dalton Kincaid was going to be available within striking distance. And once he was, it makes total sense for the Bills to kind of come up and get him. Now, it's a little bit of a change in strategy from what they were last year. They already have Dawson Knox. They already gave him a good contract. We know he's going to be a big part of their offense. But the Buffalo Bills actually played 12 personnel, so multiple tight ends, the least in the NFL last year. Only 8% of their personnel snaps came from multi-tight end sets at 12 personnel. So only 100 snaps there, and, and you figure they're going to get Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox on the field at the same time. So it's going to be a little bit of a different look Bill's offense with Kincaid there now. So I'm wondering how much they push into that. Is this just going to be a whole new identity for them? Are they really going to lean into multiple tight ends? Or is it going to be a little bit less? They just want to make sure they're incredibly effective when they do call that 12 personnel. Dalton Kincaid, no matter what percentage it is, He's going to help him out. One of the best receiving tight ends that we had in this draft. Maybe
3: you cut down to the red zone turnovers with another big target there in the red zone in Dalton Kincaid. Thank you, Trevor Sykema. Check out pff.com, the PFF app. Appreciate it. to the floor
1: the I was on the
7: floor.
0: 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh
2: Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Amy Brown from 4 Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually